You're listening to the Fan Club Podcast, where two polar opposites discover each other's fandoms for the very first time. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Fan Club Podcast. My name is Matthew. And this is Sarah, and today is episode, episode 45. So, today's episode is Thor Love and Thunder. So, if you do not follow us on Instagram, you may have missed this. So, we are changing our release schedule. We are going to every other week for right now, just because of my new work schedule. And he works nights now. Yes. So things are, and we have a toddler, and things are just yeah. So it's a work life balance. We need to do this in order to survive. Yes. It just for the foreseeable future until we can figure out a excellent schedule. And um, we are holding off on doing Miss Marvel and She Hulk right now to try to cap to until we have more time. Because so back in November when we did our. TV show months. It took a lot of time, planning, effort, editing. It was a lot of work. Yes. Keep in mind, we were also doing it for a solid month, um, so that's a little different. But TV shows are, you know, because you're you, you think about it, it's three up three hour long episodes. So effectively, it's triple the workload. Yeah, it's um, each Marvel show has six episodes. So that's six hours to watch. That's probably four or five hours of raw footage. And it's about ten hours to edit all that. Yeah. So um, it isn't necessarily for right now possible for us to um, get those out right now. And And we just want them to be the best that they can. We don't want them to seem rushed or forced or pushed or anything like that we want them to be as genuine as possible and to be honest with you it takes a lot less time for us to invest in watching a two-hour movie than it does for us to watch six episodes of a show yeah um we can kind of squeeze it into an evening or we can do it in like start it in the early afternoon and end it in the evening yeah whatever so that's kind of what this is gonna be and then we're also in the process of planning out our 2023, and there are going to be um, a lot of really fun things this year. A I don't lot wanna, of... I don't want to give too much away. It's going to be a lot of themed months. We are still covering the Marvel as they come out, but we will also be covering other stuff when and they come out as well. In April and May is when we're doing our Harry Potter episodes, um, and um, we basically... It, we're still We're still tying into fandoms... Um, we're just trying to, we're find trying to find more. smaller fandoms. Um, Marvel will still be continuing. We're not stopping Marvel. But it's just we're going to come to a point where we're running out of stuff. Yes. Um, and I'm not going to guarantee when we're going to come back to Miss Marvel and She-Hulk. Um, we will eventually. But, but as of right now, we knew we were going to yeah. run out of Marvel stuff eventually. And we never sought out to be, like, a strictly MCU podcast. It's just... It just kind of ended happened. up being that way. Like, the original plan was, we're still going to do Marvel when it comes out. We're not ever going to stop Yeah, but hopefully Marvel. we'll kind of get to the point when, like, Quantumadian comes out, for example, to be able to cover it when everybody else is covering yes. it. Um, it may take two or three weeks for it. For us to be able to go see it with my work schedule. We're also very excited to bring you um, stuff like um, Knives Out and um, 
like the Scream franchise, and the... we want to cover National Treasure and um, like a couple of other things that we're really excited about. Also, we wanted to cover new releases such as the Barbie movie that's coming out this summer. Um, Scream Six. Yeah, so we're. Kind of halfway in between a fandom podcast and a film review podcast, I guess, in the coming year. Um, we have a lot of really exciting things in the pipeline, and I totally get if that's not your jam, but like we're really excited about it. So yes, we're trying. We're not. We're trying new things to try to get not more listeners, but try to find to bring in new people. Yes. Um, but first and foremost. Our podcast is about the love of these fandoms, and even one-off movies have fandoms, so... They're still cult classic, like... Clue, and... Clue, Spaceballs, and Men in Tights, and a bunch of other movies. So, that's pretty much it for the housekeeping aspect of things. Um, We just, like, we need to have some work-life balance and this is just the best thing for us so um this week we are doing Thor Love and Thunder then the next week we will take a week off and then after that the first week in February will be Wakanda Forever yes which I'm very excited to see yes so Thor Love and Thunder released in 2022 and directed by Taika Waititi um and overall, how did you feel about this movie? I really liked it. This might be a hot take. I think I liked this installment better than Ragnarok. Really? Yeah. I liked Ragnarok more for nostalgia for me. I I mean, nostalgia definitely played. Was, besides Ant Man, we never really had a comedic. I think Marvel that- movie. I think that this movie did a really good job at the comedy. It actually was genuinely really funny. Yeah. Um, Without being annoying about it. Like, all the Marvel movies had comedic points. And listen, I I ran across a while back, I ran across a trailer. For, I usually avoid trailers. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like it kind of warps your perception of the movie. Yeah. And I, But I ran across a trailer for this movie, I think on Facebook a while back and after I think it was after we had watched Ragnarok. So I like I was Maybe. Um and Or popped up on your YouTube or something. And I was not excited about it. I thought that the the trailer made it in the movie seem a lot cringier than it actually ended up be, ended up being. Yeah. Um I wasn't really that excited about it. So I was pleasantly surprised. Now I will say that that being said, I really liked the beginning half, or beginning like third of the movie, and the last third of the movie. Yeah. The middle chunk was just so-so for it, me. It dragged. Yeah. Well, a whole lot happened. It was just kind of, like, meh? It was building... The, the climax, I guess. It was more plot building, was what it was. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it was bad. No, it, just, like, it wasn't bad at all. It was just... It didn't, for me, it didn't... It didn't fit. No. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It was a different vibe. It, like, because the beginning and the end are so funny 
the it was like almost it like felt a, like there was a different director for the middle or it felt like it just kind of felt very like jarring almost yeah i don't know i but i really liked the framing device of like korg telling the kids the yes. story of thor i thought that that was really fun it reminded me a little bit of how the movie in the heights is structured not in the sense of like the story, obviously, no, but I know like, what you mean. But, but like, like Usnavi is telling the story to the kids, and there's obviously there's other story. Like Princess Bride's framed the exact same way. I, for me, with Quark's storytelling, it's more like um, Louis, Louise from Ant Man. Yeah, well, in the very beginning, I said this is giving um, Olaf recounting yes. Frozen One. Yeah, I get that hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I get that, but it's the same comedic feel from... Like, movies. it's well-established. I love Taika Waititi, and I think I think he's genuinely really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has a way of his line deliveries that are very off-the-cuff, but it doesn't seem like... He actually seems like he knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah. Because a lot of people who are off the cuff and very, like, ad-libby, like, it it feels very, like, directionless. It feels forced. I don't think Taiko Atiti is one of those people. Kind of like how the first... Maybe it's because... It's probably because he directed it and yes. what he was doing. But kind of like how the first Iron Man, a lot of it was ad-libbed. Kind of... Because the first Iron Man, kind of like what we talk, we've talked about, had no script. The script was, like, made after the movie was done. Well, and what's interesting about this movie, and I have I definitely complained about other MCU movies in the past relying a little too heavily on the comedy and it feeling a little bit tedious. Yeah. At times, I don't think that this movie felt that way. I think maybe because I have historically not loved the Thor franchise. Yeah. Um, that this was a welcome shift. Uh huh. The movie starts with. We had introduced to our villain right off the bat, um, Gore, played by Christian Bale, which you had to tell me that was Christian Bale because I couldn't. You did, yeah. I didn't, I, you can, if you pay attention to his teeth, it's very Christian Bale. Uh-huh. But, like, otherwise, they did a bang-up makeup job on him. Yeah. Um, so he's walking through the desert carrying a child, mm-hmm. and the little girl dies. Because it's exposure, and it's really sad. Yeah. Um, and here's a whisper, and it leads him to a jungle, and he finds water, and he finds a bunch of gods, including Rapu, which is the sun god, I think. Which is the god that, guess, his tribe worshipped. Yes. And I looked it up, this god does not exist in any sort of mythology. Just it's it's an MCU creation. Based on just, like, the headdress and everything, I am guessing, like... It's based on, like, raw. I think. But the headdress would not have fit. I mean, all cultures had a sun god. Yeah. Like, Apollo was the sun god of Greek mythology. Ra is the sun god of Egyptian and a bunch of others. So, just based on, like, the god's outfit and headdress and all that, I'm guessing, like, Incan, Aztecan... Maybe I mean that's just pure like, speculation because he doesn't exist. No, he doesn't exist. I'm just basing it maybe like in from the Amazon era, like from like the geographically, like, geographically maybe around the Amazon. I don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> but that's just what my speculation is, just based on the headdress and 
how he looked. And then we basically learn about the Necro Sword. So the Necro Sword, I could have an entire episode on our Patreon about the Necro Sword. There's a lot to unpack. The Necro Sword originally was owned by the Symbiote King, who made Venom, essentially. Okay. Off of the Symbiote world, which I do not recall off the top of my head. It's been a while since I read anything about it, but he made the Necro Sword. The Necro Sword is as old as time itself, like the Eternals, like the Celestials, the Infinity Stones, all that. It's just another ancient relic. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Ten Rings from Sanchi. Yeah. It's just an ancient relic that's been around since the dawn of time. It's the only thing that can really kill a god, essentially. So the voice that's been whispering to him, which is giving um, Basilisk in the Wall of Hogwarts talking to Harry. I don't know why that that's where my brain went, but that's what it was reminding me of. Yeah. When the when Harry's like in detention with Lockhart, and he, it's like, yeah. 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 So the voice basically is telling him to go to eternity and kill all of the gods. No, he wants to kill all the gods. That's what the voice is telling him, though. I'll talk about eternity later in a little bit more detail. And the Necrosword chooses him. The Necrosword is attracted to evil, and so it was attracted to him. What is... What is that thing? Oh, it's the super serum that's like, it makes you more more of what you already are. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. It brings out your best and worst um, um, qualities. And then we have the Marvel theme, but to the tune of an electric guitar. Which? I initially didn't realize it was even the Marvel theme. Because sometimes they'll do like um, a, another song in place of the marble theme? Not anymore. They'll do, like, with Phase 4 on, they try to do the Marvel theme, but in different ways. Like a twist. Yes. But this... I didn't recognize it at first, but then I was like, this sounds vaguely familiar. Mm-hmm. I just liked all... I like all of the music that have been in this phase. Well, I think the Thor movies specifically are kind of known for their use of classic rock. Now they are. Yeah. Well, no, I mean with Ragnarok. I think Taika Waititi, I should say, is known for using classic rock. Really, the only classic rock song that was in um, Ragnarok was uh, Valhalla. No, um, Foreigner. Immigrant song. Immigrant song. That's really the only rock song that's in. But I think they went with this direction because the Guardians were in it. And the Guardians have all of, like... The music references. Yes. Yeah, I did not know that the Guardians were in He's been writing with the Guardians since... Um, no, it makes sense, but I, did, I, for some reason, didn't... I just like how he's called a space viking. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Um, also, my phone autocorrects um, Korg to Jorge. Just thought you should know that. Okay. <laughs> so Jorge's telling the story of... Yes, Jorge from now on. He's literally telling the story of everyone that Thor has lost in the funniest way possible. He talks about losing Loki, like, three times. So, can Thor, who all in the MCU can see Thestrals? Oh, that's a great question. Who all could see Thestrals? Thor. Thor, of course. Captain America. Yeah. Actually, I don't know. 
I don't think he's actually experienced Well, it. anybody that witnessed Tony dying. So, everyone. So then we learn that he can ride Stormbreaker like a broomstick. I really like the outfits that the blue alien guys have. They look They're like... really fun. I was thinking they look like an animal cone. Well, I was gonna say that kind of looks like the costumes were made from, like, things that they found in a Home Depot. Um, it reminds me a little bit of, so, if anybody's ever seen a season of Project Runway, they do an episode of that show that is, like, um, I can't remember what they call it. It's, like, an anything but fabric challenge. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Like, they have to be resourceful and use other materials. Yeah. And like that's a, what it reminded me of. Kind of like what Zoolander did. The outfit that Thor changes into for this little battle thing is very irated Star-Lord's closet. Am I wrong? No. That's um, the thing. Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pratt aren't the same build. No, not at all. I feel like... Uh, Pratt's pants would be, like, so tight on Hemsworth. Yes. He's a big dude. Mm Mm-hmm. So then he fights these, like, owl-looking creatures. I don't even know what they are. They look like these... They look like they should be out of Star Wars or something. I was just playing a game where you fought them. A thing that looked like, and I don't remember which game it was. But they look like, like baby owls to me. They look like... For people who know what the gremlins look like, think that, but furry. Bird faces. But, yeah, with a bird face gremlin that has fur. Is that wrong? They look like owls. No! They didn't look like owls to me. I I don't know enough about Star Wars to know what they would be called, but, like, they do look like some, some kind of a Star Wars creature. They had, like, the same height as the Ewoks. So, growing up, we had a Shih Tzu. Oh, I had a Shih Tzu when I was growing up, I should say. And, like, we had some family friends that always called him Little Ewok. Because he looked like an Ewok. This whole battle inadvertently destroys this temple on this random alien planet. Yeah, because Thor flies through the temple after the person saying, like, he's going for the temple. I hope he's not going for the temple. It's sacred. And then the temple shatters. And he is called the God of Destruction. And then we flash to Jane Foster. And she is getting an MRI because she has cancer. And she is desperate to find a cure. And she basically finds that Mjolnir is calling her. Oh, we also see Darcy again. Yes. Which I wish she had a bigger role in this movie. But the book basically says that Mjolnir, like... Will heal you. Yeah. Um, and then we go to New Asgard, which is now a tourist attraction. It's very theme parky. Where it has rides. And we see Matt Damon again. And we get a cameo from, I believe, Melissa McCarthy as Hella. Um, this movie is so funny, especially in this part. Mm-hmm. It, I really, really liked the New Asgard with the... It's before it was just like a fishing village. Yeah, but I also just, I love that they've created this, like, tourism. It feels a little capitalistic, but, you know, like, whatever, that's the world we live in. Um, Did you see the ice cream shop's name? In- yeah. Infinity Cones? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw something about that on maybe 
Twitter. Yeah, so people weren't very happy that Marvel did that because they were people were saying it was the worst event that happened in MCU history. Yeah, that seemed a little bit odd. I'm just gonna say this, but the, I think the tweet was referencing like this would this is the their equivalent of if they made an ice cream shop themed after 9/11. It's a little weird. It's a little. But I like a good pun. Yeah, but, like, when you put it in that perspective, it feels a little weird. Yeah, but, I mean, also, at the end of the day, it's... It's just a movie, so, like, don't think too deeply about it. Yeah. But I can understand why some people, like, are kind of peeved by it. Yeah. They better have, like, strawberry for Ooblek, blueberry for... So, to any of our new listeners, and you don't get the Ooblek reference, just go back and listen to our Thor Dark World episode. That's all I'm gonna say. They better have strawberry for Ooblad. They better have... They better color-code those flavors. Yes. Um, Grape for... But we can't have... You know how every ice cream shop has a Superman flavor and it's like the blue blue and yellow swirl? Yeah. It, we're, it's the wrong franchise. We can't do Superman flavor. We gotta... We gotta... We gotta rebrand it. We gotta... We gotta call it, like... What would be... So help me. It's like the and Captain America flavor. For the time stone, it would be funny if they put actual time in it. Okay, that is funny, though. It's probably one of those, like, you know those, like, fancy ice cream stores that, like, have, like, lavender-flavored ice cream and stuff? Yes. Like, it's probably one of it's those. It's not that. A fancy, they wouldn't have a fancy one in a tourist trap. This is true, but I'm just so, saying I'm guessing the- that's exactly the type of pun that this franchise would do, though. Let us know what you think the what, flavors would be. Let us know what you think Infinity Cones flavors ro- flavor roster would be. Just for the Infinity Stones. You don't have to come up with random flavors just for the Or just give stones. us your best puns. Give us your best puns or whatever. Ooh, I think a for the reality stone it should be like strawberry with like a like a like a raspberry swirl mm-hmm. so there's like yeah dark red within lighter red yeah and then i mean i feel like power stone needs to be grape there's nothing else really purple flavor wise i mean blueberries end up turning purple no blueberry would be better for a space stone okay, but it's not strictly blue I think Ooh, I think blue a, raspberry. Yeah, I was gonna say blue raspberry would be a really good. Maybe a blue ba- raspberry with like no, it has to be bright blue though. I know. So yeah, blue raspberry. Like the color of like a blue raspberry icy that you get like the movie theater, mm-hmm. like that. Uh, green apple. Lemon. No green apple for time. I still like your limeade. Limeade. I still like your time pun. I I like a like well, a. Limoncello for the Mind Stone. Yeah. And then orange for orange. Can't think of it. Like an orange sorbet. Is that really how you say it? I thought it was sorbet. No, there's sorbet, and then there's sherbet, and then there's sherbet. They're all three different things. I think sherbet has dairy in it. Yeah, and then sorbet doesn't. Maybe it's just sorbet and sherbet. I don't think sherbet is a thing. I don't know. I should know, being a lactose intolerant person, I should know what has dairy in it and what doesn't. We're going on the weirdest tangents in this episode. Jane then sees Mjolnir, like the remnants of Mew Mew. 
Mew Mew. It's Mew Mew or nothing. Um, she sees Mjolnir in a case. Mew Mew in a case, and the remnants kind of move. Mm-hmm. And then we get introduced to the screaming goats. And Thor gets called the god of destruction. I love the screaming goats. They definitely harken back to that meme from 2013. So the screaming goats <laughs> um was supposed to be a secret until the movie released, but um. Lego sort of spoiled it when they dropped the balls. Lego spoils everything. Like, oh my gosh, Lego spoils so much for the MCU because the Lego sets go live on their website like months before the movie releases. Before the Legos release, they go on their the website, and so everything gets spoiled through Lego. I don't know. The screaming goats are giving me that. The twenty thirteen rendition of I Knew You Were Trouble by Taylor Swift with the t- screaming goats. If you had an internet connection in 2013, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, okay. Sif then sends a distress signal. There's like 1,300 distress signals. And Lady Sif is one of them. And she gets her arm cut off. And she's like, her arm is in Valhalla. Your arm's in Valhalla now. She's like, I get to go to Valhalla now? He's like, no, you have to die in battle. I do really like this um, interaction between Thor and Mm Star-Lord. Say what you want about Star-Lord. I think this interaction is very sweet, though. Like, just moments of friendship in these movies. Thor was being weird in this scene. It's like, I'm giving you my ship. It's my ship. You're giving me my ship. Yes. But I also think Star-Lord has some really good advice, though. I feel like that entire scene was ad-libbed. Oh, I don't doubt it. But I think he has some really interesting advice, though, because he's basically talking about how um, finding love and then losing it is better than never finding love at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. And you gotta go through the crappy parts with people. Yeah, you have to go through the hardships to get to the good. And I think that that's a really valuable lesson for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I know I know you don't like Star Lord, but I, th- I I love the moments of pure friendship. I mean, the reason why I don't like Star Lord is because he is sole he is solely the reason why Thanos won. A lot of media tends to lean more into they, they give more time to romance as opposed to friendship. And there really there was some romance there was there was romance. So basically we learn that Gore is the god butcher. Yes. Which we already knew, but like the characters are learning this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he's after them. He's killing gods in all on all planets and realms and everything. So Thor goes to New Asgard. Uh-huh. And he The town's being attacked. Yeah. Um, and he finds Mjolnir and Mew Mew. And he finds uh, Jane in full Thor regalia. Yes. And I love the way that he talks to Mew Mew as, like, an ex. And that, like, Stormbreaker is, like, jealous. Stormbreaker is jealous. It's funny, though. It is. That they have a mind of their own. Um, so, Korg basically then tells everybody, like, the, the, the story, story behind of- Thor and... Jane breaking up. Jodie Foster. Jane Fonda. Um, and... It is... 
Pony. He basically makes Mew 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 like promise to protect her, and then it like it glows with like the symbol. So yeah, so whenever Jane got sick, I'm guessing he was talking to her the entire time, but she never realized it until she started until she saw the book with Mjolnir in it. So then Gore shows up to the new Asgard, and he basically kidnaps all the kids, including, which I didn't make this connection until the end, that because it's a tourist attraction and people come from all over the place, he's also kidnapping a bunch of, like, alien kids. Yes. So, you end up with this group of kids that's, like, pretty diverse, but I'm guessing some of those kids live there. Well, yeah, no, and some of them are Asgardian. No, what I'm saying is I'm guessing some of the alien kids live there as well. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, guessing yeah. it's a tourist trap for humans. I'm guessing. You don't think that... I don't think most people would have the means to travel intergalactically. Yeah. But also, I don't know. the borders are open. That does make me question what the... Uh, like, travel and commerce and stuff looks like in this world. But here's the thing. The GRC bill never passed. It does make me so wonder, the borders though. are open. Because, okay, so we saw cruise ships and things, but I imagine that's just mainly for the Earth, the, the Terrans or whatever. The, ter- the Terrans, yeah. And so I wonder if, like, there's basically an equivalent to, like, commercial flights, but, like, intergalactically. I doubt it. I doubt it. In all honesty, because Earth is so far behind most other planets. But I think that that could be an interesting thing to explore, or at least touch um, on. Yeah, that could be interesting, but with Earth so far technologically behind everyone else, I doubt aliens are lining up to come to Earth. I doubt it. So, are we just kind of led to believe that these alien kids are like Earthlings now? No, they just live on Earth. No, that's what I mean, that they live in New Asgard. Yeah. I'm guessing there were aliens that were living in Asgard. Um, There's this line about, um, like, yeah, I get it, your ex-girlfriend and your ex-hammer. Your ex-girlfriend and your ex-weapon are hanging out together. I bet that feels weird or something like that. And Dora's like, no, it doesn't feel weird. It's fine. And then fine. we meet Axel. Yes. Who is Heimdall's son, and Heim- he has Heimdall's power of being but able to, like, he, his magic eyes. Or he's learning how to use Heimdall's powers. And, um, so Thor basically can see where the kids are. Yes. Um, so, Thor's kid. Whenever Thor has a kid in the future, would their last name be Thorson? Like, Heimdall's, it's... Heimdallson. Heimdallson. Which is a medieval thing, like Black's, like, Johnson, or Williamson, things like that. So, Thor, Thor is Thor Odinson. So, would Thor's kid be Matthew Thorson? I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but, like, she calls him Uncle Thor. No, I, I know that, but in the comics, Thor does have a kid. Yeah. Or even in the game God of War, Thor has a kid, but I don't remember her last name off top of my head. I think it is... Thorson, I believe, would be it. I don't know. The origins of last names are so fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Mostly because my last name doesn't have an origin, to our knowledge. 
Every last name has an origin. Yeah, we can't find it. Um, so then Jane then goes to the bathroom and she has a flashback to her mom dying of cancer. Yes. Which is really sad. Gore's just, like, tormenting these kids for fun. Like... Gore's also a weird person. Just saying. I still can't wrap my brain around the fact that that's Christian Bale. Again, he plays weird roles. Um, so then the gang goes to Omnipotence City. Yes. And they disguise themselves as the emotion gods. Which, this is probably my favorite part of the film. Yeah. Um, all, I love all the introductions of all the gods, including mm-hmm. the Dumpling God. Yes, Bao, the Dumpling God. And it was just... Dumb just, throwaway jokes. And it was just this animated... It's very heavily dumpling. green screen. It's just this animated dumpling in a skillet. It's so weird. <laughs> but it fits the movie so well. And then we also saw a uh, Ninny Ninny. I love that this is their version of Medieval Times. Matthew has now been to. Yeah. We went there on New Year's Day with my family, and Matthew had never been. What was your your overall? It was okay, to be honest. He loved the food. Yes. Yeah. It um, it's a fun time if you lean into the weird. Definitely has gone down in quality since I was a kid, for sure. Or you just grow up. But yeah, this is it. Reminded this this scene reminded me of medieval times for some reason, just with all the like the screaming and the like the cheering and stuff. Yeah, it was just missing some jousting and some you know eating chicken with your hands. So he they, Zeus. they ask Zeus for help, and it doesn't go well. And Zeus yeah. pretty much says an Asgardian problem is for Asgardians. This is really embarrassing, but I thought that this guy who plays Zeus, who I now know is Russell Crowe. But I thought it was the guy who played Robert Baratheon in the first season of Game of Thrones. I don't know what he's doing anymore. I have no idea, but initially, that's who I thought it was. But it's a Russell. It's Russell Crowe. I thought that Zeus killed Korg. Yeah. How, like, I think that the fandom would riot if they killed Korg. And I literally have a, a line that says, oh, good, he's not dead. Um. Yeah, so, um, his people... I don't remember Quark's race on top of my head. So Thor kills Zeus. And then uh, Valkyrie basically puts Korg on the back of Valkyrie's head. Like, on the back of her head. Yeah. And, like, ties him, his face into her hair, basically. Yes. Um, And then we get Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Yeah. So Korg is a Cronian. Oh, yeah. He said that. I just couldn't remember on top of my head. Um... And then Thor goes to check in with the kids. There's this really sweet scene between Thor and Jane where she he professes his love to her and she tells him that she has cancer. Yeah. Which I'm like, lady, there's probably a time and place to tell him that. Not when he says, I love you. And this is kind of where the first third ends and the middle third begins. Yes. Where I kind of stopped liking the Weird, how weird. It was they, a very different vibe. It turned into like a horror movie. They at this go point. to the Shadow Realm and there's no color except for the weapons. Or when the weapons light up. Well, and I really love the way that this specific shot is shot where Jane is using Mew Mew as a flashlight mm-hmm. and everything lit by it is in color. Yeah. But, like, so you can see, like, the, the light kind of shining on her face uh-huh. and you can see, like, the color of her hair. Yeah. Everything else is in black and white. Uh-huh. 
And I think that that's really cool. I mean, it was the same with the Thunderbolt. Yeah, I just thought that that was really clever. Mm-hmm. I thought, that, like, like color grading and the editing in that scene was really well done. Yeah, like... Technologically speaking. I'm not a huge fan of... Like, I grew up watching black and white movies, like the old Hitchcocks and stuff. It, I've never seen this movie, but I know a lot of people love it. Is um, Sin City, uh-huh. where it's Sin City very was really cool, where it's very selective color. It was color on certain things. So like, one like of the blood is red, and like somebody's not lipstick, always somebody's so lipstick. Blood's not always red. It depended on the scene. Like, um, have you seen Green Mile? Mm-mm. The the big black guy. Yes, he was in uh, Sin City, and he had one gold eye. And so, like, the only thing in color on him was his eye. I know there's a character with, like, bright red lipstick. Yeah, she's a villain. Usually it's the villains that will have, like, a spot of color. Yeah. Generally. But I think, I think some things that, like, when they, when they do stuff like that, like, very visual cues. Yes. I think that that's really fun. I, that's really about the only thing I liked in this entire sequence. Uh-huh. Um... So we learn that the children are not there. Yeah, the children were just bait. And that the Bifrost is the key to opening... No, uh, Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker is the key, which means Norse mythology is the most important mythology in the world, or in the universe, essentially. Mm-hmm. Stormbreaker is needed. So it was prophesied that Thor would lose Storm or lose Mjolnir and get Stormbreaker. So it's been prophesied. Mm. So, back to... I don't like that I keep bringing this up, but back to Loki. Everything's on a set path. So is it really a prophecy, or is it something that is really, true? Realistically, all of the MCU going forward, almost all of it, hinges on either WandaVision or Loki. Not WandaVision anymore. Not so much. A lot of things. Wanda's vision sort of ended with Doctor Strange. This is true. But I... A lot of thing, a lot of things at this point hinge on Loki. Yes, the events of Loki are uh, were essential for the rest of the multiverse saga. Yeah, I think at the very least, I think it's it's a valuable use of your time. But at the very least, watch, watch like the last episode. No, watch the last two because watch the la- last three, last three. I mean, I think you should watch the whole thing. Yes, watch all of Loki, but. Pay attention to the last three episodes. But, like, especially that conversation at the end. Yes. With uh, He Who Remains is, like, crazy important going forward. Yes. And don't watch the the Quantumania until you watch Loki. If you don't want to watch it, go. You don't have to. Go listen to our Loki episode. Or watch, like... Like a new rock stars like recap video yes. on it because like it, it's a lot of valuable. Information. We watch a lot of new rock star videos before we record just for or we didn't today, but we normally do just in case if we missed and a I little Easter does, egg or a little. Something. I guarantee you, anybody listening to this knows who he is. But Eric Voss does a lot of who's, who's the guy of new rock stars. He does a lot of um. He's a big comic nerd as well, so he does a lot of Easter eggs, yeah. like little subtle things, but also ties in the comics of like, yeah. this means this, this is a reference to this, you know, little, it fleshes out the movie, I think, a little more, mm-hmm. and things you definitely missed going going forward. Yes, like, it helps us, because usually when we're watching, it's usually during the day, we're taking care of our kid, 
or like taking notes or whatever. So we do miss stuff and watching his videos does is beneficial to us. He he makes me almost like look out for things now. Yes. Um but yeah. Oh, uh while we're giving out shout outs or whatever. I mean he does not need our shout outs. No, but you know what I mean. Like while we're talking about other YouTubers and stuff, we are going to be on a Mr. Mr. Marvel Minutes episode episode in the next we're recording or, it this upcoming Wednesday. I'm not sure when he's putting it out. Yes. Uh, we'll let you know when it will go up so that you can also check out his content. It's going to be a round table of a bunch of other people that you probably know. I imagine, like, a lot of people follow, who follow us follow him, too. And so... So, um, just keep an eye out for that, and um, we'll, we'll let you know when it does go live. We'll post about it on our socials. Yeah. And there's going to be people that we've had on our podcast there as well. The, some of the people that are on it, you've heard before through our podcast. Mm-hmm. That's what we love about this community is that we've met and talked to so many different types of podcasts. You know, like I, I really enjoy like a lot of, I've had to kind of hold back on listening to some of our friends episodes only because they're spoilers. Yes. A lot of people do very topical um, things that are coming out right now. So I've had to hold off. Which I'm nearly caught up though. So I don't really have to be as careful. Yes. You had to be really careful. Like, three months ago. Gore is, like, being super creepy in this scene. Gore is just super creepy. I mean, Gore is just a super creepy villain anyway. Like, he's just... He's so weird in this scene. Like, it was... It was very uncomfortable. He was giving... There were cer- there are certain, certain moments where I was getting, like, a lot of Voldemort vibes. I don't know if that makes sense. No. On a creep factor, yes. Completely different motives. Yeah, no, I'm not talking motives. I'm just talking the way that, like, he monologues, the way that he, like... But also, remember, he's, like, a thousand years old. Um, so then Valkyrie then stabs Gore... Or, sorry, Gore stabs Valkyrie, which I thought he killed her in With the necro... Or was it the necro sword? I thought so. You know, I went with the lightning bolt. Yeah, it was with the lightning bolt. And I thought that they killed her, and I was about to be like, well, that's a bold move. Um, and so then Valkyrie then stabs Gore with, um, uh, Zeus's bolt. Or maybe it's the other way around. It's the other way around. Gore stabs her with the Thunderbolt, which is, because if you get stabbed with the Necro Sword, you die. You just die. There's no, like, if, ands, or buts. Mm-hmm. And so... And then they call the Bifrost and escape, but Gore steals Stormbreaker. Yes. And they land in New Asgard, and Jane has lost her powers. Yes, so the weapon is, um... Stealing her mortal soul, essentially. Mjolnir is essentially weakening her mortal self. And the more she uses Mjolnir, and the longer, the worse the cancer gets because her body can't fight it. So the opposite of Deadpool. Deadpool has cancer, but the healing factor in him is fighting the cancer as fast as it's growing. So he's his body is at a stalemate. I really think you would like Deadpool. I really think you would. It has Ryan Reynolds. I love Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is that I'm just not a big um, fight scene person. Um, they don't do anything. I wouldn't call them a fight scene. I would just call them a murderous rampage scenes. I don't... I just... Those scenes don't do anything for me. So, Gore then needs Stormbreaker to access the Bifrost. To act... Sorry, to access Eternity. Because we learn that the Gate of Eternity is at the center of the universe. Yes. Which makes sense when you think about it. The center of the universe is the oldest thing... Ever. Um, Thor arrives at the gate, and the kids are there, 
And he then empowers all of the kids with his lightning powers. Which, why didn't he do this versus Thanos? Pick your, pick your faves. My favorite is the bunny girl. Or yes. the girl, the little girl with the magic princess wand. I like the bunny one because it shoots lasers out of the eyes, and I think that is cool. I love how she's, like, spinning around, yeah. screaming, going, ah. Um, my favorite one is, I mean, I like Axel. I love the little girl with the fairy princess wand that cuts the thing in half. Mm-hmm. And then I like the one that has, like, the whips. Oh, yeah. Like, so, Thor ha- has had these powers forever to imbue anyone. Why didn't he imbue everyone in the Battle of Th- the in Endgame? With the power of Thor, they would have decimated Thanos, like, immediately, if everyone had lightning powers. It would have been amazing, and it would have been an amazing-looking fight scene. I'm just saying. I mean, it was an amazing fight scene. I... I doubt they will ever top. So, in theaters, when Captain America finally said, Avengers Assemble. Um... Oh, so, um, I know I talked to you about this. But the fan theory for Jane having cancer is because she had the oobleck in her yeah. for so long. I know, you told me that. If you remember, it was sort of a throwaway line, or not a, not really a throwaway line, but it was a line that Hulk said in Endgame, why he should snap is because the stones give off gamma radiation. So the game, that's why he didn't really get affected like Tony did. Tony got killed. By snapping. Wanda had the stone, the reality stone in her an extended period of time. Essentially, she had gamma radiation in her. I'm guessing minimum of a week. I'm guessing. They never really said how long. Oh, Jane? Jane. Or how long Dark World was. This amount of time. And she had the reality stone in her the entire time, essentially. Mm-hmm. Until the end. That's why people believe she got cancer. Um, I mean, it makes sense. Back to the kids. So some of these kids are, like, young. Yeah, like, two years old. Like, our son is nearly two. Don't even... I don't want to think about that sentence that just came out of my mouth. Um, And, like, I can't imagine him in a battle like this. Like, he'd be, like, so confused. And he just told the kids, grab a weapon. Just find whatever you have on the ground. Like... And today... You are warriors! And then, like, the lightning went out. And it sort of looked like the world tree. The lightning and yeah. powering the weapons looked cool. So then Thor almost gets stag- stabbed by the Necrosword. And Jane arrives and basically, like, smashes the the, the, the the hammer onto the ground. And it, like, disintegrates. No, so she Thor was holding the sword up in the air mm-hmm. with the lightning bolts. And Jane broke the sword. But the sword was rebuilding, so she trapped the sword in Mjolnir, charged it up and slammed it on, slammed that, and that shattered the sword. And then they send Axel home with the kids using, like, he tosses him Stormbreaker. Yes. Which basically means anyone can use Stormbreaker. Which, all the Asgardian weapons are built for the Asgardian. So, like, Mjolnir is built for those who are worthy to get the power of Thor. Other people have used Mjolnir in the past, kind of like Captain America can, because he's worthy. Jane, I don't really, I wouldn't really say she's worthy. I mean, there's say. literally a line at the end of the movie that says, like, she taught everybody what it means to be worthy. He, Jane taught Thor how to be worthy, so, eh, I see that, but I don't know. So then they step into eternity. What bugs me about this scene, because nothing to do with the actual content of the scene, but, you know, it's me. Um... The scene, this whole soundstage is, like, covered in, like, a thin layer of water, right? Uh Nobody's closer. Because they're just standing on it. They're not standing in the water. 
It's, it's, like, it's supposed to be like a reflective mirror. But it like bugs me that it looks like their feet are like in the water. But like nobody's clothes are wet. A, they're in like another realm. So maybe that realm, the water just doesn't make clothes wet. I don't know. I turn in these. No, I'm just, I'm specifically speaking about the actors. Not necessarily in the yeah. world. But like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was bugging me the whole scene because so, because Jane is wearing like a, she's wearing like very like light colored pajamas. So yeah. if they get wet, they're going to be like see-through. But I don't think it's actual real water in the realm. I don't know. It was bugging me. And I know I shouldn't be fixated on something like that, but it was driving me crazy. I just like how Eternity looked. Our Eternity looked identical to the comic book counterpart. It also kind of looked... This is going to be really weird, um, but welcome to my brain. It looked a little bit like the Truman Show at the very end when it's like he's like that, that like he basically goes to the, the end of the world, so to speak. Mm. No, I wouldn't say it's the end of the world. It's the start of the universe. You know what I'm saying? Well, he essentially learns that the whole thing is fake. Oh. Spoiler alert for Truman Show. I think everybody knows that, though. Um, I've never seen Truman Show, but, and I really don't have an interest to have really. That movie is so good. But that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, I don't know why. It's specifically the way that the scene is, like, composed with the water and the the blue. Like and that it's not the end of the world. It's the no, center no, no. of the universe. It's just the way that the shot looks. Gore basically is wishing for his daughter. He, his original wish was to kill all gods, and what you seek is, Thor says what you seek is love. You don't seek vengeance. Vengeance. Not vengeance, not anger, but love. And then Jane goes to Valhalla. We get Thor's niece? No, so then Gore dies. Yes. And... His wish was to bring back his daughter. To see his daughter one last time. Yep. And then we go back to New Asgard, and yeah. Valkyrie is making all the kids take self-defense lessons, which I think is really sweet. Siv is... Missing an arm, which in Norse mythology doesn't make sense because it's Tyr. I kind of wish they introduced more of the Norse gods. In Norse mythology, Tyr loses an arm to Fenrir. In Norse mythology, Loki put Fenrir's soul into his knife, and then he put it into a bigger wolf. Um. So then Thor raises the little girl, who we don't know her name, I don't think. She's just called Love. Yeah, and... He, basically, she calls him Uncle, Uncle Thor. Thor. And there's this just, like, really sweet interaction where he makes her pancakes, or what do they call him? Pan flaps? Pan flaps, or plan, pan flops? I think it's pan flaps. Maybe. And she draws a face on Mew Mew, and... She has powers. It's just really sweet. When and they, we learned that they are known as Love and Thunder. Yes. Originally, people thought she was going to be Thor's kid. Like, when she was first, like, credited in the movie, like, on IMDb, mm -hmm. she didn't have a name. Or she did. I don't remember what it was. It was just filler. And people assumed that was going to be Thor's kid. Because Thor does have a kid in the comics. Yeah. So people assumed that that kid was going to be his and Jane's. I don't know. It was... That's not going to happen since Jane's dead. I just... It was so sweet to see him as a dad of sorts. And... What was it? Instead of a dad or sad bod, he's now a, a, a god bod. He has a or a dad. Instead, instead of being a sad god, he's now a dad god. And this is Korg telling us that I'm like that's funny. 
So then the end credit sequence is Zeus talking. Or the two. One of the end scene credits was Jane talking to Heimdall and Valhalla. And then the second one is Zeus talking to Hercules, which does that mean? That is so weird. Like All the Greek, all the Greek gods are in Marvel comics. Zeus is an Avenger. Or not Zeus, sorry. Hercules is an Avenger. All the gods are in both. I, DC and... Obviously, it's not super, like, mythology accurate, but my brain automatically goes to the Disney movie Hercules. That's pretty... Uh, his trials in it... It's not 100%. Accurate. The trials... Obviously. The trials are accurate. The order of the trials that he had to do... That movie is so underrated, it's not even funny. No, it is not underrated. What are you talking about? It is... It, for a Renaissance movie, is incredibly underrated. For me, the Disney go Beauty and the Beast. Are we really ranking Disney Emperor's New Groove movies? No, I was just saying Disney movies in general. Beauty and the Beast, Emperor's New Groove, Hercules. Oh, it's in your top three, huh? Yeah, I like Hercules, but also I like Danny DeVito. I don't know. I can't. So, I can't rank them. To be completely honest with you, like they all have like a different. But here's the thing: Beauty and the Beast and Emperor's New Groove rotates for me they have a different on the mood on me the i can't rank them because they don't i have a different favorite for different moods like if i want to watch something funny and silly emperor's new groove but i want to watch something nostalgic beauty and the beast if i want to like dance and listen to good music hercules emperor's new groove has good music in it It has one good song in it it's two that's two good songs in it is that my voice is that my voice um, anyway, I don't know why we got off on that tangent. Um, when I, yeah, they are making a live action Hercules, like Disney live action Hercules, and I'm so excited about it. Um, are they going to butcher like they did Mulan? I don't know, I don't know anything about it. I'm sorry if you like the live action Mulan, I don't think anyone does, so it's safe, but it's. I know it's more historically accurate to the real Mulan. I don't know anybody that has said anything good about it. But I prefer the Disney one because it has Mushu. I'll never get over the fact that the singing voice of Lee Shang is Donny Osmond and the speaking voice is B.D. Wong, a.k.a. Dr. Wong from oh, Underdress. Vastly different people that sound different. I mean, it's the same thing for, like, Nightmare for Christmas. Danny Elfman is the singing voice. And I do not remember who the acting voice is for Jack Skellington. But for people who did not know this, Shock, the three, the Oogie Boogie kids. Mm-hmm. Is, Shock, Lock, and, and Awe? I think so, or something like The Oogie Boogie gang is um, Mora from Shit's Creek. Uh, Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. Danny She's Elfman, also the mom in Home Alone. Yes. And uh, Pee Wee Herman. One of the three voices for the... Um, Oogie Woogie Gang. Yes, and I just learned that maybe two, three weeks ago because I watched the like the 25th anniversary um, concert on YouTube, and I didn't know Pee Wee Herman was one of the voices. Okay, so that is the wrap on Thor: Love and Thunder. He went on so many tangents. <laughs> I don't know how this video is going to end up shaking out. I better leave them all in. Um, so next, well, not next week, the, the next episode, the next episode will be on, is that Wakanda Forever? Uh, we will figure out what we're going to do in that week. We may just do a random movie. We haven't quite figured that out yet because, so we have to wait until 
Wakanda Forever goes up on Disney Plus January 30th. So it might have a one off next week. We'll keep you guys. Or the next episode. Uh, yeah, the next episode. Sorry. I'm so used to saying next week. So we'll keep you guys posted on that. And um, yeah, sorry. Uh, go ahead. No, if if we do have time to put an episode up every week, we will. But right now we are just focusing on every other. It's quality over quantity, friends. Yes. But if we do find the time to do like a one-off or something, we will. But there's no promises. But we will still do every other week. And we will post... When we figure out our 2023 schedule, we'll post it somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where right now. Just to get a general idea for you guys. Yeah. And if you have any movie recommendations that you want us to do... We have a couple of spaces. We have the entire end of the year completely empty. Then the last quarter. Yeah. Um, We really wanted especially... If you guys have recommendations for, for like a, spooky movies that are not scary. I mean, December's going to be Christmas movies. Yeah, we're going to do Christmas movies. Um, like, classic Christmas movies. Um, but we really want... We really want to do movies that... I really want to do a month of, like, B-horror movies. That are, like, more funny and campy. Silly September? I... Would love to cover what I'm in referring to in my brain as Mithrigan. We are going to be covering Scream this year since Scream Six comes out. We're just and we both just really like Scream, so we're trying to figure out when because when Scream Six comes out is our mystery March. So slight spoils. We're doing the knives, knives out and Glass Knife. Onion. Yes, yeah, so we're doing the Knives Out movie series, and we're doing also the. The Murder Oriental Express and Death on the Nile. Yeah. We're doing both of those for March because those are both mystery movies. I think for Nostalgic November, we're doing the National Treasure. Stay tuned for what ne- for what our next episode will be. I don't know about it it's at this point in time. It should be... It was on 16th, so the 30th. Um, We will see you in the next episode. Bye. If you would like to support this podcast, you could follow us on Instagram at the fan club underscore podcast or on Twitter at fan club underscore podcast. You can also support us on Patreon for bonus content and get ad free episodes a whole day early. All of our socials are linked on our link tree, which is linktr.ee slash the fan club podcast. The Needlessly Nerdy Podcast Network is a conglomerate of podcasts and blogs that provide entertainment, news, and reviews about all things nerdy, including movies, TV shows, books, video games, tabletop games, cons, pop culture, and more. The mission is to create a safe community of nerds and geeks from across the world. Go check them out at needlesslynerdy.com. The Needlessly Nerdy Podcast Network, your source for all things nerdy. www.needlesslynerdy.com.